You're listening to Flipping Tables on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. Hey, welcome to episode 119 of Flipping Tables. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Edwards. And I am David Lyons. And you got something new. I did get something new. My iPhone came today. This is weird. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's start. Let's start at the beginning, Mike. Uh, to build an iPhone, you must first invent the universe. <laughs> uh, no, the first thing I noticed. So all day I was, you know, waiting. I was hoping that I would get it early enough uh, that I could actually play with it before we recorded. Um, UPS does like a crazy, let's just show up, whatever kind of thing. (laughs) And I don't know why. They're just not super... The Comcast school of thought. (laughs) Well, I mean, but it's a delivery company. You expect them to say like, oh, they hit this part of town at 5 o'clock and they hit that part of town at 2 o'clock. And no, it's just kind of whatever. So uh, I was lucky they delivered it around like noonish. So I had all day to play with it. And uh, the very first thing I noticed, and I linked to this in the show notes, which you can find at sunriserobot.net slash flipping table slash 119. Um, but I linked to a couple of pictures I took of the freaking crazy box. Yeah. I don't mean the <laughs> Apple box. I mean this like sort of beautiful, sort of unbelievable T-Mobile box. It has a freaking on-message UPS shipping label. Like it's a magenta shipping label. I can't believe that they do that. Like it's one thing that the cardboard box is black on the outside and magenta on the inside, which is kind of adorable, but the shipping label, like they have special vanity shipping shipping labels made. So that was, that was the beginning of my iPhone odyssey was this, (laughs) this amazing box. T-Mobile was like, we get our first shot at imprinting you. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, yeah, we could put it in a stark white box on Apple's behalf, but no. Black. <laughs> black and magenta. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, uh, for, I just want to get the hardware part out of the way first. Um, the hardware is amazing. It's, I mean, the design, the the hand feel of it. It's a classic. It, it's a good one. <laughs> it's, and it's like, it's dense too. Like, it doesn't feel like a toy. It feels like weighty and good. It's got a good pocket feel. Like, it's just, it's a good feeling phone. You sound like some, like, tobacco enthusiast <laughs> describing your favorite Virginia blend. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, um, the next thing is I'm going to be describing the, uh, the, the fruit notes. The, <laughs> the, the aluminum has Pine. sort of a, a woody, piney sort of uh, overtone to it. <laughs> I saw a good explain it like I'm five about why don't we hear about pesticides from wine tasters? <laughs> oh, it's because they're all liars. <laughs> is that is that the whole response? I think so. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the hardware, it's just the screen is beautiful. The, the, the fingerprint sensor works tremendously. The buttons, you know, are they're good. They're where you expect them to be. Like all the hardware is, is top notch. That being said, I do have this one uh, bizarre point of comparison that I almost totally forgot about, which is it is uh, it's sixteen nine, isn't it, or is it sixteen ten? Sixteen by nine. Okay, so it's it's a little tall and skinny, right? 
Like not, it's not crazy, but it is a little bit tall and skinny. And I realized that I actually have my old Galaxy S2 just lying around because after it broke, I let my daughter play with it because she sees us with our phone. So that's her <laughs> phone, right? Um, that for my hand size, I think is actually closer to the ideal phone size. Not obviously with the lower DPI screen, not with the chintzy plastic back, but uh, I linked to this article, uh, or it's not an article, it's like a, oh, what would you call this, like a tool? It's like a... <laughs> it's like Phone a, Arena's comparison tool, I guess. Yeah, yeah. so you can dial up any different device you want, and it will show you the side-by-side, or you can layer them. And if you layer them, you can see that the S2 is actually almost the exact same height, but it's just a little bit wider. And that extra, especially if you then remove a bunch of the bezel, right? Because modern <laughs> phones have gotten better about stripping off the bezel. Like, I think that would be the ideal size for me, right? Everybody's hands are different. But I think for me, like, that that's what I would aim for. This height is perfect. But I, I can I could stand I could stand a little more girth. <laughs> I got I got a good length. I could stand a little bit more girth. <laughs> I don't mind the girth. Um, I was totally <laughs> confused by this tool because well, I clicked like the calibrate button and it was like you'll need a credit card and I was like what? <laughs> and it, it's not because they want your credit card. It's just the you click this plus so that it calibrates to your screens like dots per inch. Right. Um, if you want your actual on screen view to be re- representative um <laughs> yeah and that that's uh to, for this example just the the side-by-side comparisons are enough because the what i link to is the 6p the 5x the se and then the s2 and and the I mean, se's small <laughs> it's so small like even when i when i handed it to susan i was just like here you know try this out and she was like it seems kind of small. Like, are you going to be okay with this? <laughs> is this the is font kinda... small enough for you, Grandpa? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but I, I mean, it's it is a little weird. Like when the keyboard's open, how little stuff I can see on the screen. But then the other part of me is kind of like, well, I'm not looking at the screen. I'm looking at what I'm <laughs> writing. So is it that big of a deal? I've just gotten used to it being the other way. Um, but the overall, the hardware is exactly like what I was hoping for. Right. So. From here on out, I can just praise and complain about software. Oh, wait, <laughs> one other hardware thing. Uh, because I've never had an iPhone before, I've never had a device with a um, mute physical switch. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I love that switch. I, I kind of like it. Like, I don't mind that the iPad doesn't have it because it's not like something I want to switch constantly on the iPad. But the phone, it's like, yeah, meeting, switch. And, like, it takes away that, like, obsessive, like, is it muted? Is it muted? Because you know. You just look. Okay. Yeah, it's even got the little, like, safety orange that, like, a (laughs) fake gun would have in it. So you can just look at it and be like, oh, I even know it's toggled to the correct side because I can see the safety orange. Like, it's it's pretty smart. It's good good UX. (laughs) So now on to all the wacky software stuff. Um, I don't... uh, know how ios beat google to like cross-platform messaging (laughs) (laughs) but somehow they did because the experience with imessage even in just the limited amount of time i've been using it is already better than google voice like ever was 
Now, granted, eventually it's going to lose a bunch of my messages and I'm going to completely get derailed on a conversation and I'll be very frustrated because I've heard those horror stories from (laughs) y'all. But so far, it's been working pretty great. And I've talked to multiple people who don't have iPhones, so I got the little green bubbles. (laughs) You getting those on your Mac yet? Green bubbles? Yeah, I I was uh, texting. I was iMessaging. With a, a friend of mine earlier, starting on the phone, and then I opened up my laptop, and I was like, oh, look, I can continue the conversation because it's 2016, and this should not be novel technology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, with uh, used Google Voice for a little while, didn't you? Yeah, I think I, this is like 09 or like some ancient history time, though. Well, bad news. I used it as recently as like last year, and it was about the same. So <laughs> I think that was my impression is like everyone's like, what year is it? Will you like, is there one Google developer who's Rip Van Winkling his way out of like, he's just not awake right now. <laughs> I mean, didn't it seem like they were hell bent on folding that into hangouts and then something, something, I don't know what, I don't know if somebody died or got fired or if there was a, a scandal, but all of that suddenly stopped. Yeah, were, and it seemed like it was only U.S. focused, so everyone else in the world, like a lot of Google stuff, was just like, "Come on, like flip these switches." Yeah, yeah I don't know what happened there. The only thing I can think of is that they were trying to do something through the carriers, and that was giving them like legal trouble. Whereas Apple was just like, nah, forget that. We're just going to do everything through straight data. Then we don't even have to talk to the carriers. It doesn't matter what the carriers think. Well, I remember when iMessage first launched, I think it was around 2010 or so. It was kind of mind-blowing to send texts over Wi-Fi. (laughs) It's not now, (laughs) but it was just like, oh, I'm in this building with bad signal, but I can still send messages to my wife. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like the first time I sent... (laughs) what I consider to be a text message from a plane. I was just like, oh, my phone doesn't even care that the 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 cell radio is completely disabled because it's just like, hey, these characters represent a kind of data. I will send them over a channel we don't that just is need open. The extra bits that are part of other cell tower <laughs> transmissions. You know, when someone first thought that up that was really, really smart and then to cling to it as like this everlasting business model for the <laughs> following 25 years was really frustrating. I remember the first time uh, uh, AT&T switched to you either get unlimited messaging or nothing when I'm like, hey, I just need like 500 and I don't want to pay. <laughs> uh, you get it. Yeah. Damn you. <laughs> well, and they saw the writing on the wall. They were like, people are going to start sending things that are like text messages but not text messages <laughs> and maybe they were hoping that uh services like twitter or whatever that were relying on text messages were gonna shoot people's usage way way up <laughs> i don't know but um, yeah it is like one of those weird text stories of all the worst things in history were like i got this clever hack make it standard and you're just <laughs> like no <laughs> Yeah, that is, uh, I think if you look back in the last like 100 years of computers, that's probably true for almost everything we now consider like, well, obviously smart people designed it this way on purpose. (laughs) It's like, no, actually, that was an accident that 10 people later in the telephone game, they didn't know it was an accident. They thought it was wisdom handed down (laughs) by God. 
So what else? <laughs> so the setup was pretty painless. Uh, I do remember the first time I set up the iPad, which was my first like iOS device setup. Uh, I distinctly remember thinking like, this is way too many steps. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it seems like in iOS 9, they kind of calm that down a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it had me log into iCloud and it had me set up the, the thumbprint. And But I mean, those are things I wanted to do. So I was yeah, okay with that. You could skip, but it's like, nah, let's just do this. Right. Um, and then once I was in and I went into the app store, I was like, I was all prepared. Like I had my phone, my old phone and my, my iPad. I was like, okay, I'm going to just basically look at all the apps and see what I want to install. But because I was logged in iCloud, I was able to go to the purchased tab. Yeah. And just and r- it, rolls down the list. Yeah. Installing. I was just like, yup, yup, yup. Nope. Yup. Nope. Nope. Yup. 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 And just start dropping now, stuff in. It's a shame you can't do that from a web browser, which you can do on Android. <laughs> See that. And that's why I had this ridiculous setup prepared. Cause I was like, I'm going to have to do it on the phone. <laughs> so even though it's still really, really stupid that it required <laughs> me to do it on the phone and I can't just tell iTunes like, Hey iTunes, tell my phone to download this. Yeah. It it's at least they made it relatively painless. Although something weird happened that I didn't have a chance to look into before we started recording, so I'm hoping maybe you can help me. Um my my daughter, my two year old, she loves Sophia the First, which is actually it's 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 pretty good. As like kids programming goes, <laughs> it's it's pretty solid. It's got her a lot of good music. She loves to listen to that music. So I keep it locally synced on my phone so that it, even in the event I don't have data, I could still play it for her. I sync it through Google Play Music, right? Mm-hmm. So I install the Google Play Music app on the iPhone. I sync it. Everything works great. Big thumbs up all around. Good job, Google. Thanks for playing fair on other people's <laughs> platforms. That's not the weird part. I open my iPad. Google Play Music is installed. I don't know why. Okay, this is a setting. <laughs> if you go to the iTunes settings, you can say, if I install on one device, do you want it to automatically install on other devices? So is that on by default, or did I just accept, accept, accept? I, I have no idea if it's on by default. It, pro- <laughs> it, it probably is. So if you install an iPad, uh, I think it's when you buy an app, it will, the device, you can tell any device to pay attention to what other devices install. So so is it is it bi-directional or is it single direction? I like don't it, know. It, it, I have it disabled cuz I know, <laughs> I don't I, I consider them different situations. Well that I mean so the the music thing I was kind of like, oh well I guess sometimes I'll listen, but then I noticed that it also installed the Facebook Messenger and I was like, no, I really don't need more <laughs> Facebook on this iPad. So okay, so that's that's a here I'm I'm going to take a note for myself. So that's in the the store settings. Uh, I think it's the regular settings. This is a nice little like Apple genius session for the podcast. <laughs> I think it's the main settings and you click on iTunes in the main settings app. So here's the thing about uh, <laughs> iOS that I do find not better or worse, but really different is the way settings are handled. Like the idea of aggregated settings I understand exactly what thought process led to that design. And then on, on Android and like every other OS ever, the idea of like, well, an app owns its settings yeah. also makes sense to me. Cause it's like, well, I want to change the settings for this app. So I go to that app. Yeah. 
that's like every time I, I want to change something in iOS, I kind of have to remind myself like, oh, first it's it's like the it's a, you know what this is? Is it exactly like the bold? Like, do I select bold <laughs> and then select the text or do I select the text and then say bold? Because I'm used to saying, OK, this text now make it bold. And now instead on iOS, I have to be like bold. Well, it's worse because a lot of apps <laughs> still have settings in app. Um, I'd, I'd say quite a lot of them still have it in app. It just depends on the app. Um, I think most of Apple's apps hide. It depends. I mean, <laughs> I, I I see the analogy you're making. I also see like there's a lot of OS settings that apply to apps. Like what notifications are they allowed to annoy you with? Um, you can customize that very deeply per app. And it's like, that's not part of the app settings. It's part of notifications, but it's about those apps. And it's like, how do you package this crap? And <laughs> um, I, I would say it's kind of a mess. Um, and it's not just one way. It's always at once. It's like in the well, Google it, apps, you can click it. Usually there's a settings gear. I think 1Password has its own settings page in the app. Like There are, it seems, I mean, I am not, I'm not trying to defend them. I agree with you. It's a mess, but... It seems like there are at least certain settings that you like notifications will always be in yeah. the iOS settings because iOS owns that. So at least if I know like, okay, the thing I want to change is a notification setting, then I go to the global iOS notification yeah. settings. But then if it's like I want to change, I don't know, the font size for Twitter or something, it's like, well, I don't know where that lives. Now I yeah. got to go hunting around. <laughs> The uh, Google sign-in process. Um, they I don't really know, nailed that. <laughs> they really nailed that, for one. For another thing, they... Uh, and I don't know if they were the first to do this or if they were just the, the one I notice it with because I use, like, 50 different Google apps. But you log into one Google app, and, like, then you're done. Yep. And then you go into the next one, and they're like, hey, we know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, it just has the little, like, are you this guy? You want to be this guy in this app? And you're like, yep. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, I do want to be that guy in this app. And I mean, it's super helpful because I, I think literally, without exaggerating, probably 20% of the apps I installed were our Google apps because I have to use, and some of them I even have, like I double up, like I use Gmail for my work Gmail, but I use the inbox app for my personal Gmail, right? So I have two freaking Google email apps, <laughs> yeah. then I have Hangouts, and then I have Drive, and then I have all the different docs things, and, and maps, and, <laughs> and just, yeah. and it's fine, like I like using all those apps, but thank God you do not have to keep, <laughs> especially because I do two-factor auth for everything, so if yeah. every single time I had to be like, okay, I'm going into one password, here's my password, Okay, now I'm going into Authy. Here's my two-factor off. Like, <laughs> ah. So that they really nailed. Um, I did notice, though, which I thought was adorable, when you sign in, uh, and I don't think this is just because I have two-factor auth on. I think Google just does this. But I got an email that said, hey, buddy, uh, we see you logged in from an iPhone. Is that uh, Was that you? If it was, cool. You don't have to do anything. If not, uh, somebody stole your account. And I was like, oh, good. Okay, that's, that's a nice yeah. security setting. And then immediately after that, a separate email inbox even linked them together because they came <laughs> in so close together. It says, hey, uh, you signed in from an iPhone. There's all these other great Google apps that are available on the <laughs> yeah. iPhone. <laughs> just like, oh, that's nice. So you, you're kind of like shoving the marketing right in there behind <laughs> well, the security. Well, they're like Google services, Google services. That's all we care about. Just use Google services. <laughs> And I'm not even mad. Like, I thought for sure, 
one of the the things that actually I don't remember if I said this before, but one of the things that I thought would be a deal breaker for me on whether or not I was going to be able to tolerate uh, having an iOS device is not like, oh, the buttons are in a different place. And oh, you got to swipe differently. Like, we're about to talk about all that stuff. I have many thoughts and feelings. Um, but I didn't, I don't have an Apple TV. I don't want to get an Apple TV. Yeah. I was not interested in changing my streaming situation because that is already working absolutely flawlessly via my Chromecast. And it turns out Chromecast works exactly fine. On an yeah, iPhone. it still has the cast button. <laughs> and even in all the apps, and even in apps that are not Google apps, like Pocket Cast, you can still Chromecast with. So I was just like, this is like better than I could have hoped. This is <laughs> what like open <laughs> services and platforms give you. Because going the other way, it would not be that way. You'd be like, bye-bye iMessage. Oh, yeah. No, if, if, if I get married to anything that's Apple-specific... Which I'm, I'm tempted to not do. Um, it, it's it's going to be the tether, right? I mean, like I love the hardware, but there's also good Android hardware, and you know, iMessages is convenient. But there are ways to simulate that experience on Android. Yeah. But but if I'm like, oh my god, you know, Apple TV is the greatest, or I love buying music through iTunes, it's like, well, uh, bye. I can't. Well, I have a, another friend who's been on Android forever, and he he's thinking of switching to iPhone, not because he necessarily is interested in iOS. I don't. I think he's kind of neutral, but um, because his entire family and so many of his friends have iMessage, and it's just friction to not be <laughs> on iMessage, and that's that whole like Borg thing, situation of like, come on. See, so explain this to me, because you know Shelby has an iPhone. I think most of your family has iPhones, right? Yep. So what advantage of you all being on iMessage do you have over just group SMS? Um, I think the way group SMS handles like photos is way shittier. Um, I, I don't have very many green SMS because all my conversations with people that don't have iPhones tend to be in services like Hangouts or Slack or Facebook Messenger or, you know, we have 5 million messaging. The The most infuriating thing <laughs> is the friend that, regardless of what phone they have, I feel like they spin a roulette wheel and then they decide which way to message me. And I'm like, <laughs> like I have all these installed. I'll probably always have them all installed, but... My conversation with you is a shotgun blast across <laughs> 15 services. <laughs> yeah, that is... Uh, isn't there an XKCD about that? <laughs> Probably. I think it's like uh, throughout the conversation, it moves to, you know, increasingly more absurd and hilarious <laughs> methods of communication. But. When I remember the, the Twitter account, Modern Seinfeld, had the idea of like a, someone who's a de-escalator, like... Uh, you you call and they write you a text back and you text them and I don't know like they always like step down a oh, ladder. Yeah, something like less formal each time. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Uh, oh, contacts. So this is something I this is actually pretty closely related to the settings thing. So you can, as a function of iOS and OS ten, natively connect to an account. And you can sort of do this on Android too, but you usually don't. Like you yeah. have an app that sets up an account. You don't explicitly connect to an account. Yeah. Um, I don't want to use Apple's contacts. You mean well, iClouds? 
yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, well, I yeah, guess my, you could I, have them just on your phone too, but you're not going to do that. I, I don't <laughs> want to use my dot Mac uh, contacts <laughs> or calendar. Um, I just, I didn't, I'm, I have no interest and I see zero benefit of getting into those one, because I've not heard. You're, it's already a solved problem for you. Your contacts are set up somewhere. So if you don't have to, why would you migrate? Well, and I use Google services. It's not just like, oh, Google happens to be holding this data. Like I actually like and prefer their services. Yeah. So I was very nervous that I was going to have to sync all of my contacts somehow between Google and iCloud. And thank God that is not the case. Uh, you can connect your Google account and then say, sync these things, not those things. And then I have two Google accounts, so I have to do it for both. And then for my iCloud one, I basically did the inverse. And I was like, don't yeah. sync these things. Do sync those things. And then on OS X, I was able to do the same thing. And now I can iMessage people in my Google contacts from my laptop. It's well, like... Yep. It's almost like these things were made to work together. And and the other reason, like I know Google's apps know your contacts anyway, so Gmail will be able to do that whether or not you add it to iOS. But the reason to have it as part of the system too is if you ever, and maybe this is something you don't want to do sometimes, but if an app's <laughs> like, hey, you want me to find out if your friends are on this service and you can give it permission to see your iOS contacts straight well, up. Even just for trivial things like, uh, what's that thing people used to do with phones? Make a phone call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like if I want to call someone, all those numbers are in Google. So yeah, I, I see no reason to switch to the calendar or their mail app or Apple's. Yeah, what are you going to share an iCloud event with someone and they'll be like, you want to what with me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you sharing with me? I don't want that. He wants to rear your child. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so that... And and my understanding from a couple brief Google searches uh, was that it must not have always been this simple because there are dedicated apps that do nothing except sync Google contacts and iCloud contacts. So there must have been a time when this was not so easy to just, you know, flip a couple toggle switches. I can't remember that time because I, I feel like you're like as long as iCloud has been a thing, maybe it's before iCloud, like 2010 and before when it was like on the phone or you had to use Exchange or Google to sync. Um, uh, that could be it. Or maybe it could be these people actually want contacts literally in both places. Yeah, I, that seems like crazy town. Though in a weird way, I am living that way, but it's because I, I actually do let iCloud manage my contacts on my phone because... It's sort of like that. It's sort of like what you said, like, these are the people I might call. <laughs> um, or, you know, like when I receive an iMessage, I want it to name that conversation who it is and not have it just show a phone number. Um, yeah. Or an email address. I want to see a name. Um, but aside from that, like, but there's no reason I couldn't do it with Google. I guess, you know, when I'm emailing, Google's so smart about you've replied to this person before. I know who they are. I have their name. It's, it sort of saves them in that like waiting room of like, I haven't fully integrated them in your contacts, <laughs> but I know who they are. And it's like, I don't want that group of people to be in my contacts. So I like the way Google has that soft room <laughs> when I'm using their email client or anything else. But like my phone is just the people I want in my phone contacts. Yeah, I've... 
I've I've toyed with favorites a little bit, which I don't know if iOS is going to respect my Google favorites. Yeah, I think you can pick and choose groups to sync. Well, I just because I only have like literally six people that were favorited in my Google contacts because it's like these are the people that if they ring my phone, no matter what my phone settings say, you oh, yeah, let, the VIPs. You let them talk to me. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, it's like my parents, my brother, my wife, you know, it's like, there aren't a whole lot of people who I want to have unlimited power to interrupt me no matter what is happening. Yeah. Um, so if, if I have to reset that up and like star a few people, that's not the end of the world. Um, I did notice, uh, that the connected experience and this, this was the thing I, I think I said I was most interested in, um, like setting up iMessage on on the laptop was, I mean, you don't like it's yeah. just it just suddenly <laughs> works, and like now I can send messages from my iPad just as a side effect of having an iPhone. Yeah, and now well, that's like the iCloud face- just connecting it through for you. Right, but I mean, like I couldn't tell my iPad, "Hey, this is my Android phone. Let me send text messages." Because it would go, ha, no. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not just that it was seamless to set up, but it's the functionality is allowed to me now. (laughs) Because, I mean, you can tell that to me, you know, as someone who's been using a Mac for years and been using an iPad for a little over a year, you know, regularly now, Apple clearly sees the iPhone as the center of the universe. Yeah, it makes all those other things better. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not the iPad, and it's really kind of not the Mac either. Like, if you have an iPhone, all those other devices are like it's like Bard Song in D anD D. Like they they all get more powerful. It's the the armor aura or something. Yeah, from Diablo. Yeah, it's just it was strange to me how immediate and obvious that was like and i was even looking for it i was like oh i know that these little things are going to be connected now but there's all sorts of little integrations like the facetime thing just popped up on my ipad and was like hey buddy you want to be able to do things from your phone number even though there's not a sim card in here and i was like yes i would like to do that (laughs) it's just oh cool and this is you know and i said this a minute ago but how have they beaten google to the punch on this (laughs) Like, really? How? Yeah. And, I mean, part of that is maybe Google isn't thinking about it as much because aside from the, the Chromebooks, which are great, they they don't have an established core business making traditional computers. Well, and so I love web apps. Uh, web apps are great. I like not having to install stuff. Uh, I like the idea of being able to just sit down in any browser and all that yeah. crap. But I know that there are lots of really smart engineers at Google. They literally own a desktop level uh, programming language called Go. They could just make a few desktop apps, right? Like they could make a couple services and they've dabbled in this before, but they never really put their full weight into it. But they could make a couple of like desktop apps or services that run in the background that enable all of this stuff. Yeah, there's no reason it has to be Apple only. Exactly. I mean, you know, Microsoft and and Apple obviously have the advantage that they are more invested in these traditional desktop platforms and Google would have to 
rely on them as a foundation upon which to build their buildings. But but these are open platforms compared to mobile. Like they can oh, yeah. do it easily. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you could have some little menu bar app running in your your start menu on Windows or in your menu bar on Mac, and it syncs your text messages and it's made by Google and that's all it does. Right. And then there's this other thing that lets you drag and drop files between what's on your phone and what's on your desktop. And like the this is not, these are not even difficult computational problems. Like <laughs> someone at Google could probably do this in their 20% time if they got the authority to make it public. So I just, I'm, I'm impressed with how well Apple has done this considering how bad they suck at cloud services, <laughs> but it is more shining a harsh light on, Oh my God, how did Google drop the ball on this? Like I should not look at some kind of simple syncing solution on an iOS device and be like, oh my God, it's the future. Yeah, and maybe this is just like the the limits of the extremism of web apps. It's like web apps are amazing. There's all sorts of perfectly great reasons to throw most of your weight behind them. But God, native apps are also very good for certain <laughs> things. Can you just make some? Well, especially if you need any kind of always running thing like the Dropbox web app is really slick. They've hijacked. It's right okay. <laughs> it, but I mean, for a file browser and a web browser, like, yeah, I mean, it does what it needs to do. Yeah. I don't... And, and they've, they've hijacked right click to make it do useful things like that. A file browser would normally do, but Dropbox without the desktop client would be, no one would use it. Like, no one would open a web browser and be like, okay, look at those files over there. Now sync <laughs> them, please. Like, that would be yeah. shenanigans, right? Even Google Drive has to provide a desktop client to do that automatic syncing. So just you've yeah. already admitted there's good reasons to go on to the and desktop. Google Photos, Google. so they've done that too. Yeah. Come on. Just keep just a little more. Just don't <laughs> sync, sync text. Just give me freaking text messages. Like that will show you care. Text messages and phone calls will show that you care. I just um, want you to have the Hangouts plugin. Uh, you know, that's a different thing. <laughs> so uh, one of the big things about iOS and, and you and I have a bunch of messages back and forth about you basically coaching me through this. Like, <laughs> like we'll this get is, through this, buddy. We'll get through this. <laughs> pretty much. Um, organizing home screen. Well, okay. So I've been using my iPad for a while, but because I chiefly use it for work stuff and very light uh, like media consumption, I've never really it doesn't really matter. organized <laughs> it. Um, so whenever I install new apps or I uninstall apps, I just go to settings and reset home screen layout, reset home screen layout. And then everything's in alphabetical order except the first screen, which is a bunch of garbage, and I just ignore <laughs> it. Um, I'm obviously not going to live my life like that with my phone. No, it's way more personal. <laughs> Which is weird, because I always felt like my tablet was fairly personal, but it turns out it's not. It's just super not. I'm, I think your iPad Pro probably is, because you're using it to do personal things. But my tablet is kind of like, well, I use it for this this purpose at work, and sometimes I watch like Game of Thrones on it. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't love it or hate it. I'm ambivalent, which I'm pretty sure is the worst. <laughs> You're not invested. It's not really important. Yeah, it's it's a screen, which I mean, in a way, means it's serving its purpose. Like it's it, whatever. Um, 
I needed to learn from you, <laughs> iOS person, how to organize an iOS <laughs> device. Well, this has been the fun of like, there's, we've made fun of like the idea that things are intuitive or natural user interfaces. And there's just things that have come up during this one day you've had it so far where it's like, Oh yeah, that's not obvious at all. Um, so I'll let you, let's go ahead and dive in. What are these things? Well, so, uh, the fact that when you install a new app or you drag an app across screens, it can just leave like a giant gap. So I messaged you and I was just kind of like, dude, what, why, like, how do I do this? Because in my mind, what I can't help myself from thinking is the home screen, the one I care about, the first one, that's like the desktop on Android. And then everything else is the app drawer iOS does not think that way. There is no app drawer. There is, but no it's app all drawer. an app drawer, kind of. Well, and the the thing you said that made total sense to me once you put it in this light, which again, not intuitive, but it made sense once I knew the reasoning. Which was, how pissed would you be if installing a new app completely ruined your perfectly manicured and organized yeah. home screen? And I was like, oh yeah, don't. I don't. So deleting do an app will always do that unless it's the last app on the screen. <laughs> Yeah, but the stuff that lives on your home screen is usually like it's your go-to stuff. Yeah. So, or your I, home screen, your first screen, they're all home screens. Yeah, the first home screen, <laughs> the springboard, the first springboard. Oh my god. Did it, what is it is it the home screen? What the, the hell is the, the name app, about? the app, the process, whatever you want to call it that runs the home screen is called springboard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so that's weird. Uh, grouping things into folders is iOS is very <laughs> long pause. It, I, no, iOS is very snappy and responsive, but that motion of moving stuff in and out of folders and across home screens, y- you kind of you got to slow down a little. You can't accidentally do it. No, but to an extreme degree, it's like really okay. You really want to leave? Okay, here you go. Yeah. And you have to, like, when you, you long press on it because you want to move it, you have to then, like, say, okay, I'm picking it up. Okay, now I'm dragging it over here. Okay, now I want to create a folder. Yeah. Have you ever seen this on OS ten when you try to take a nap out of the dock? It's like you really have to drag it far away before it'll let you actually remove it from the dock. I actually always just right-click remove oh. from dock. My, my dock is pretty sparse. I click bold first, okay? <laughs> <laughs> See, it's all... It, it's just so intuitive. Well, I've seen like a lot of... I'm on R slash Apple all the time, um, especially around like WWDC when everyone's like freaking out about rumors and wish list stuff. But one of the things I see come up a lot is... Like iOS is snappy and smooth, and like even on like relatively old hardware, it stays pretty snappy and smooth. Sorry, iPhone 4s users. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what isn't uh, ideal is the animations prevent you from doing things until they're done. Sometimes, so like well, you're waiting for the folder don't, to don't zoom you think out. That's by design, though. Well, some users really want to, like, I close the folder and I know exactly where the app I want is and I'm tapping there, but you're making me wait another half second for the the zoom out to finish. No, I, I agree that the more you use it, the more you're like, okay, this isn't enchanting anymore. I get <laughs> yeah. it. But I think 
they're probably doing that on purpose. So it's just like, oh, watch this adorable animation while we <laughs> don't allow you to overload the processor by giving it too many commands. Yeah, but like getting like I think the one that bothers me the most is getting into the multitasking menu. I'm like, I want to get to the next app as fast as possible. I don't care how you want to unfold this deck of cards in front of me. <laughs> Just let me get to that app. Yeah. Not every time I switch apps should look like I won at Windows 95 <laughs> Solitaire. Woo. I need to get that JavaScript page that just follows your mouse with unending success. You you got to have that bookmarked for any time you have a bad day. <laughs> you just want to feel good. <laughs> You're just like, yay, Solitaire, I win. So, I mean, I've seen people ask, like, could we just, like, have faster animation speed? Like, or this is the thing you can't get too excited about. Um can you give me an option to change the animation speed? It's like, yeah, no. this is Apple. They're not. Yeah. They'll, well, like on OS 10, you can flat out disable it. Well, yeah, I think that's oh, why no, I, we, th- I think you can actually, there's a slider for the speed on OS 10. Maybe it's like a secret plugin, like Onyx or something that gives you a bunch of extra stuff. I always have it. I, I don't have a script yet. I need to have a script for setting up a new OS ten machine. But yeah, like I don't want to open a browser and see like this boop, like slow zoom. Like yeah. I just want it to pop in place because that's I'm ready to go. Agreed. Or at the very least, some. On a touch device, it's probably a little easier than on a, a, a mouse and keyboard device. But if I start interacting with it, like you need to increase the speed of the animation like a thousandfold because it's like obviously I'm ready to go here. Yeah. I mean, I get it when you launch an app, it's masking the app loading, so they don't want it to be instantaneous and yeah. then make you wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I can't remember what app. It, I remember reading somewhere. Um, about a, a specific app that basically just lies to you and it acts like a bunch of the interface has loaded because it knows that the parts that it's lying about are not parts people almost ever click on first yeah. when they open the app. And I just thought like someone had to do real deep user research to figure yeah. that out. Well, I know it's it's all about perception of speed because people will get mad at your app or want to quit it if it feels slow, whether or not it is slow. Um, and yeah. I, I've seen like, you've probably seen this, I don't know, maybe you've never installed the Facebook app. Do you ever use the Facebook mobile app? Uh, sadly, yes. So uh, when I, when you, I went back to Facebook, I did. You seen where you open back. it sometimes, and it shows you like, like where content will be, but it shows you like the blank version with like yeah. flat design rectangles, and that's like the hey, I'm loading, I'm not frozen or something. Don't be mad, but I don't have stuff for <laughs> you yet. And I, I wonder where the science goes on like what makes users less angry or less likely to bail when they your app needs to load stuff. Well, so just as a quick aside to that, uh, and I'll try and find this and throw it into the show notes, but Facebook actually, on Android, you remember they intentionally made the app perform poorly just to prove. So I would probably look more to Apple about clever ways to make things seem fast and zippy, even if they're not. Not that Apple isn't fast and zippy, but that they're also using UI to help make it feel even faster. Whereas Facebook was like, people are so addicted to this. It doesn't matter how big of a diaper fire it is. Like they're going to keep putting up with it. Well, It's like we have controversial initiatives, but we've learned through our studies that people will not leave. So go for it. (laughs) 
See, Facebook slow on purpose. So many notes this episode. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm like an honest to god journalist, except not at all. Uh, what else? Oh, the um, pocket cast thing. So I don't remember. I don't think we talked about this on the air. We might have talked about it on talk show. Um, <laughs> But uh, you had mentioned you tried uh, Pocket Cast and you were like, oh, it like it sounds bad when it's sped up. Yeah, uh, not, it sounds and, like the regular Pocket. I mean, it's not bad. It just sounds not as good as Overcast. Right. So uh, Pocket Cast on iOS is not seen the same amount of love as it has on Android. And I don't – there's some story, like I'm sure it's out there, but – they have limited resources and they ended up putting more love into Android yeah. and having listened to literally only one podcast now on the iPhone uh, with the, the, the speed on, I am positive they are not utilizing the APIs either correctly or at all because it does not sound that way on Android. Yeah. Like on Android, it sounds great. I know overcast does it well. So they're getting ready to release the new version. And this is kind of like a weird thing where, this is almost always the other direction, right? Where, yeah. where iOS people are like, Oh, it's so much better on iOS than the crappy Android port. And part of me just wants to be like, ha your iOS version that I now also have to use sucks. <laughs> Yay. It sucks <laughs> in the other direction. Yeah. Um, I really like the UI though. When I played around with pocket cast, like if they get overcast level, like speed sounding good, I I'll switch over because I, I really like the way it worked. Yeah, and you know, it's really the the iOS UI is 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 really clean and slick and I like it a lot, but the Android one is super material UI and I love that design. Like this is actually one of the weirdest things is every time I look at my iPad or now the iPhone, I'm just kinda like, Oh, that's that's definitely an iOS device. Not because it works better or worse, not because it's it's it is better or worse, but the design language is so different. So even when you're using an application that's the same more or less between these two platforms, it's like, oh, this this is super different. Like even Slack, which has its whole own design language, still does some iOS y stuff on iOS and some Android y stuff on, on Android. Yeah, I did enable um, Night Shift, the Flux clone. Yeah, that's cool. I'm really glad it's there because I I've used it on my. my... It's a good time to join. It. We've been waiting almost <laughs> ten years for it. Well, so there's been a way to do this on Android for a while, but I never really bothered with it. And I've always done it on my uh, my my desktop laptop computers. Um, the difference is mentally, when I look at my phone, I expect it to be like full spectrum. So every time I look at it and it's a little yellowy, I'm like, what the hell's wrong with the screen? <laughs> so I, I'll eventually work that out, right? Did you I'll, tweak like how red it gets? I left it on the default to see what it's like. I figured uh, whatever their default is is probably the one they expect most people to go with. <laughs> I did change the start and stop. I just changed it to sunset, sunrise. Yeah. Uses location. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Well, one thing I haven't heard you say, well, actually, first of all, some of the other things that were not intuitive that I was like, come here, bro, I'll help you out, um, that you were bringing <laughs> up was like, hey, on Android, there's a dedicated button to hide the keyboard because I don't want to type right now. And the iPad has this too. And uh, on iPhone, it's <laughs> it's not consistently everywhere because I think app developers 
either can prevent it or maybe it's the other way they have to allow it. I don't know which way. Cancel or allow. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, hiding the keyboard is dragged down. And I don't remember why. I, I mean, I pay attention when Apple introduces anything new. So maybe they showed it and at WWDC when they're secretly teaching everyone how to use iPhones. <laughs> um, that's always the thing that blows me away with like the the Steve Jobs first iPhone presentation, other than the jokes about like, are you getting it? It's three things in one. Is like really the whole time he's like showing them how touch works and how you use this device. And it's like a training session that isn't a training session. But obviously... The the, the dude was a masterful salesman. Like no matter what you think about Steve Jobs, he was good at that. Like full stop. Um, so pulling the keyboard down, which I bet plenty of iPhone listeners or friends and family may not even realize you can do. Um, well, and so I don't know. I mean, you used Android briefly, but like I close the keyboard a lot. Like, I mean, there's a little button like keyboard arrow. Like I just to me, that was like a foregone conclusion. And because it's also on the iPad because there's more space. So they give you more buttons. I'd I'd never really even considered that it wouldn't also be on the iPhone. And I have to admit, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm texting with (laughs) you. I'm stuck in this little (laughs) crawl space. Can you help me out? It's, you know, I I face lots of technical (laughs) challenges that I need to ask people for help on. I'm never afraid to ask for help because that's how you learn. But I felt really dumb. Like I genuinely like I'm texting with you and then I you sent me a long message and I wanted to have more screen real estate to read the whole thing without having to scroll like bit by bit. And I was like, I don't I don't know how to close the keyboard. There is no <laughs> And maybe they're way. counting on people scrolling past the keyboard just kinda accidentally trying to see messages and then they'll discover, oh, it pushes it down. Yeah, I mean if I had grabbed up there. Like, oh, I'm reaching for the messages and it's pushing the keyboard out of the way. Like, maybe that's the experience they're hoping someone would have to discover that. But because I was looking for that keyboard button, it did not even occur to me. Like, oh, I'll just shove the keyboard out of the way as if I was, like, going to eat lunch at my desk and I need to make (laughs) space. Get out of my face. It just, it was a, a... a kind of weird feeling of helplessness I've not had in quite a while. When, and it, it was may, over something so trivial. And I mean, we know like designing a mobile OS is not easy. And there's like every single decision has consequences in so many ways that you can't really predict. And like, I wonder if they, they weighed it and they're like, you know what? If they back out of the message and go back in or like, they'll be fine. They'll survive. No one is harmed. And then they can discover this if they need it. It's like you, you get the idea that some of the design decisions are like, yeah, we can get rid of that button because no one will die. <laughs> oh, certainly. I mean, it, there have to be trade-offs because I don't know how you would function otherwise. I wonder if the 6, well, the 6 doesn't have it. I wonder if the 6 Plus has a dedicated key. Because I know like in landscape, it's got a whole bunch of extra buttons like copy and paste and arrow keys and stuff. Uh, fun fact, leaving the app and going back in does not minimize the keyboard. At least not if you don't... If I left and went directly back in and the keyboard was still open. Gotcha. 
Um, the one thing I haven't heard you say, which doesn't mean it isn't something that'll bug you, um, <laughs> is there's no dedicated back button on iOS. And maybe you're just well prepared for this world. Um, they have the little tiny thing in the top left that'll let you hop back to an app, but it's not <laughs> always there. It's only when you just, like, say you tapped a link in Twitter and yeah. went out to Safari, you can get back to Twitter. So Android, good Android design pretty much at the time you left has started to go away from use the back button for everything <laughs> because it doesn't always behave that way. Um, so on Android and on iOS, I long ago got in the habit of using the app switcher. Yeah. So it's like, if I want to go to a different application, I either go to the home screen and find it. Or if it's like something I just had open, then I open the app switcher. Um, that being said, that little tiny <laughs> thing is it's a like, clunky solution. It's so <laughs> ugly. Like, and it, just, it covers uh, up your Wi-Fi or, or cell signal, so you just don't know yeah. what your current connection quality is. It's like, oh, while you're looking at this uh, web page, you clicked on a link from Twitter. Uh, you may have been disconnected from the internet. You don't know. You don't, you don't know what's <laughs> happening up there. It could be there could be a party going on. You have no idea. So and yeah, it's just it seems it seems very cop out. Like yeah, like they had to ship iOS that that morning, and one of the developers got a call at like you know <laughs> two o'clock, two a.m. and was just like, "Oh my god, we have no way to switch back to the yeah. app you came from." And they were like, like "You uh, want a back button? Here's your freaking back button. You yeah. like it?" Yeah. So that I I don't I don't care for that experience. Um. But generally moving around where you can, there's usually like an X or a done to hide whatever little previewy thing popped up. Like, that's fine. You know, yeah. normally on Android, you would hit back to get out of that kind of a thing. But it's like, okay, so I just hit done or X or whatever. And that's yeah, or tap outside the, the white box or whatever, the modal. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that kind of stuff is different, but at least I'm, I'm willing to accept anything that's different, but I understand the thinking that went into making that decision, the certain things I can't tolerate are um, like the leftover decisions from a bygone era. Uh, for yeah. example, Oh, I want to rearrange the apps. Well, now they're all going to seizure at me. It's going to wiggle and just do a little <laughs> there's, jig. It's going to do a little jig to let me know that I'm in and edit mode. And it's for like the next 15 minutes. You can move these musical chairs around. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why I find that so annoying, but like it's not cute, it's not endearing, it's not like, oh look, a little moment of joy in my interaction with this soulless device. Every time I have to rearrange the apps, I'm like, stop it, sit still. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm a parent of a toddler, but I'm just like, sit still. Like just I will tell you when to move. Sit still. Well, and even if like so if I'm rearranging apps and I'm like taking a long time to decide what else I might move, it makes me want to stop the jittering until I make a decision. Then I'm like, all right. I'll go back into jitter mode. Oh, no. I, more than once. I was like, how do I want to... Do I want to arrange these folders? Home button. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. <laughs> okay, now I'm ready to do it. Because I, I did uh, I did pre-prep for what it was going to be like to organize the iPhone home screen <laughs> with the iPad a little. So not only did I get to experience this all afternoon today, but also for several hours last night. And, and so we... You know, we didn't... Let, let's... Because I'm I'm looking at the recording time and I'm I'm fairly sure we're actually going to burn an entire episode talking about the <laughs> iPhone. 
and have to just bump oh, the entire rest of the show to next week. Um, I'm okay with it. You okay with it? Oh, uh, that's fine. It's awesome. like, I mean, not every week, but <laughs> no, 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 God, no, no. Please, anybody who who is starting to get worried, not every week. Um, just don't the unsubscribe next, yet. The next two, three months tops. Um, <laughs> but so we had quite a discussion about how to organize the home screen. And I realized that this is... A lot is, of neuroses I have from <laughs> coping. Well, but I was like, I was, they're catching, right? It's not just like, you're crazy. It's like, I, you were describing how the aliens are going to take over the world. <laughs> and the more you were talking, I was like, yeah, yeah, they are coming <laughs> for our brains. <laughs> to to the point where now on, on my, my first screen here, I'm looking at it and I'm like, well... You got to share a screenshot. <laughs> Oh, is it? It's was it power and and home, and home. yeah. Okay, so I will. Oh, oh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna send that to you an iMessage. Oh, it's I gonna, mean, you should throw in the show notes too, so people can see what you did. Hang on, this. Oh, I just I totally iMessaged a screenshot that I took. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. So, but here's the thing that is uh, strange about it. So first off, I'm I'm not married to this, right? Right. This, this is day one, literally. So, uh, but the thing is, I'm because they're not in alphabetical order, and because the grid has to be full, and it's top, like it's top aligned. It's, it's, yeah, it's top down. I'm hyper aware of the order that things are in because I can't. Like, if you had ever seen my Android home screen, things were very like freeform. Like yeah, I, I build a pyramid or build like a yeah. I like <laughs> I had, finger I had things in corners where they made sense, and then like big, wide open, empty spaces. Particularly because um, since it's more of like a desktop, and I didn't really use widgets, I had a picture of my daughters on my home screen, which I am now disincentivized from doing because I won't be able to see it. Yeah. So I mean, I'll probably put them on the lock screen, but on the you actual... found like the same. Is that a built-in? Oh, I I don't even remember. <laughs> is that a built-in backdrop you have? The one that's on there, yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. I was like, you found the same one. Oh wait, I'm using a native one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's not the default. But when I switched from the default, I was like, this is the obvious choice. So it's a, what would you call that? Like a a a mesh. Yeah. But anyway, I'm 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 like the you said about like the way your folders are organized, you know. I see and you then, went emoji folder. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's awesome. So like my all all of my my video watching stuff has a little TV emoji, and and then <laughs> but then see this is where the neuroses start to set in. So the row that's on the bottom, not the special magic row. But the the first row above, yeah, not that, the dock, but the the bottom row of the right, the right. <laughs> Is it still called the dock? I don't know. I it that's the easiest thing to call it. Yeah. So so not the dock, but the first row above that. Like, do you make those your most your second most favorite after what's in the dock? And then like above that, I've got folders, and I realize that not everything that belongs to a certain category should go in there because of how often i use it yeah you want it to be one tap away not two yes so, so this is <laughs> and then already... you're mad you're like the music so i also i'm looking at your screen like 
stupid, totally irrelevant to doing what you want to do with your life is like, oh, the music folder has only three apps and it looks really dumb for it not to be full of icons. Do I download more music apps just to fill it? Do I think of a vaguer category so I can fill it? And it's like, that's stupid questions to have to be answering. Who cares? Yeah, this um, is the, really not how I want to live my life. And yet I'm like, ooh, but I could organize it this way. Well, and this is, I mean, if I were to have like a, a question to the community, it's like, what are your neuroses? Whatever platform you're on, like you find yourself realizing are kind of insane for <laughs> setting up your home screen. And the way I think about it is, so you talked about like, is the bottom row like my most favorite, closest to my thumb, other than the dock? Um, and it's like, there's always competing forces. So I like the bottom row to be the things I'm probably going to move sooner because it disrupts fewer things if you move the bottom row. And so it's like uh, new uh, apps see, that I'm trying out. There is an entire out. realm of thought I'm not prepared for. <laughs> I need, I'm, I'm just going to sit back and take notes. Yeah. Um, so that bottom row is like stuff I'm trying out because if I move it later, I don't have to think about the rest having changed. Because like your top or any of the other rows, it's like, Oh, we we have an opening in our company. Who wants to go in there? Because <laughs> I want to leave the rest with my muscle memory. So if Instagram moved out, who's moving in? I need a new tenant. Like, there's all these apartment metaphors you're going to start making. <laughs> this is well, and then within folders, it's a hot mess. This is like, <laughs> and it it hasn't changed since the App Store launched. Like, other than the addition of folders, which yeah, if you have a lot of apps, that's crucial. But, you know, it's just a mess. And they like, it's 10 years, Apple. Give us some more ability to manage this chaos. Well, so then within a folder, you, you know, because the folder only shows you a subsection of the screen. So even yeah. though a folder can have multiple screens, it's a three by three grid. So how do you organize those? Is it the, is it a microcosm of the same logic where the first ones are the ones least likely to get moved out of the folder and then the later ones are more likely to get moved out? Yeah, like it, and I found that not only is folder like a quick like isolation mode where I'm probably not going to launch those apps hardly ever, but something on the second screen of a folder is it's like I don't I, this is a horrible metaphor but like an extremely obese person needing to wash under the folds or something it's like this festering like wow like that is graveyard a graveyard for apps <laughs> oh my god it's like you got to really go in there if you really want to use those apps and so i don't know i've I, I try to live my like the a standard home screen has 28 slots or if you're on a smaller phone like yours it's 24 and it's sort of like, can I live my life with 24 apps or, you know, 20 apps and four folders? And then if I'm getting more complex, I probably need to start deleting stuff or just stop hitting myself. <laughs> well, so but again, this, but then should that be the choice I have to make. <laughs> and, and how long do you live at the edge of complication before that becomes normal? So adding a little bit more complication and you're like, well, what if I have two, two rows of folders? Isn't that many? I mean, three rows of folders is there's still a I whole. I hate row. seeing that many folders though. <laughs> Today you do, but one day. So then this is this is another folder thing. Is of course, like everyone who has ever used an iOS device, I have my 
folder of garbage I don't care about. <laughs> did you add the poo emoji to it? I did. <laughs> but this is the thing that actually surprised me, which is I have apps installed because of the way iOS works that I care about, but don't care about. And the best example there is just yesterday, as if for me, Google released <laughs> a new kick butt keyboard app called Gboard, which does GIFs and search and you can send and locations. Swipe. They basically crammed a bunch of crap that's native to Google Play services that all integrate. But Yeah, then, like the now on tap kind of thing. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, and, and swipe typing and being able to directly copy and paste GIFs, and they just shoved all that into a keyboard. That's awesome. I want that. I want that to be my default keyboard. Can't set default apps. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> but, but now I have an icon for the keyboard app. When the hell am I going to touch that? None times. I'm never going to open the keyboard app. Yeah, it has settings, but... That's because they didn't want to put it in the keyboard, um, or maybe can't. Um, yeah, it's really stupid that... Well, I mean, there's no concept of widgets or utilities or non-apps in iOS. Everything is an app. Right. Automatically. And so if you install, which you should if you haven't, some ad blockers um, for your Safari life... Crystal. Um, yeah, Crystal or One Blocker. Um, I, don't, I haven't paid attention to if there's better ones now or if those are the best, but... Those have to be apps too, even though they're just really plugins for your browser. Yeah, they they get a square on your home screen. <laughs> yeah, with it. that's another one that I had to just shove into that folder because I was like, I don't. It's not that I don't care about this thing. It's that if it's in my face, it's not helping me in any way. <laughs> so I, you know, because everybody always jokes like, oh, you know, the stocks app, you can't uninstall that, ha ha ha. But it didn't even occur to me that anything I install, no matter what its purpose or function is, is going to get a little square, and I'm going to have to deal with it. So <laughs> yes. here it is in this folder with all these – and it's it's it seems weird in my mind to be like, okay, you know, super valuable bar of gold that I'm saving in case the economy ever collapses. You sit in here next to the toilet paper rolls I can't throw out because I have a condition. <laughs> like, it's weird that those two things live in the same drawer. Yeah. And I mean, iOS does have widgets, not like Android widgets, um, that can live in the swipe down, which we haven't talked about at all, which I think is going to get beyond the scope of the show, because um, I have plenty to complain about the uh, pull-down menu. Um, but anyway, again, anything that gives you a widget up top has to be an app. And so the let's talk. You want to talk about defaults? Um, sure. Why, why the hell can't you set anything as a default? I don't know. This got a little less painful because of the share menu slowly marching towards what Android has with Intense. And it, I mean, it's it's a long way down that road. It's not as good, but it's far enough now that I'm not like crying when I try to share something. And it's like, you can use mail.app or iMessage, <laughs> or you can print this. And you're like, no, no, um, I want none of those options. Because you still can't set a default mail app, but now anytime you're at something that you want to email from another app, you can pick inbox. So it's like, oh, I don't care that it's not the default app unless I want a Siri emails. But nah, I've, I can't think of the last time I tried to send an email with Siri. No, I'm thinking more like 
someone texted me an address and I would really just like that to open in Google Maps. But I can't. I'm going to have to copy the address and then go to Google Maps and then paste the address because if I click on the address, it's going to open in Apple Maps. Yeah, Um, that's probably the the most common example of where you want to switch the defaults because Apple Maps is not as good as Google Maps. Let's just say that in that very (laughs) like generous way, (laughs) non-controversial statement. Um, Yeah. Have you noticed, though, that Google within Google Apps will let you stay in the Google universe? So if you tap an address from Hangouts, it'll take you to Google Maps or to Chrome if you have Chrome installed. Yeah, and I'm wondering how they get away with that. Like, are they doing something they're not supposed to do? Are they circumventing No, it's an iOS feature that you can directly invoke other apps and send you to them. So I think they're, they're... well within the accepted boundaries of what Apple enforces. <laughs> um, and they all the Google apps are good citizens too because if, you, you know, Google isn't like doing a reverse like war on you with like saying only Chrome ever um, <laughs> because you can toggle it off. If you're in Hangout, if you like Hangouts and you have Chrome installed but you don't want it to launch Chrome when you click a web link, you can tell it, hey, I'm using Safari. Okay. So see, this is... I hate to say it, but it almost sounds like we're getting dangerously close to the dream that was lost when the iPhone was new, (laughs) which is, can't I just use Google's stuff on Apple's hardware? Because in the the short time I've been using the iPhone and in the the much longer time I've been using uh, an iPad, I've never felt like any of the Google stuff I had to do was second class. It may not work the way I wanted it to because I like the way Android works, but I never felt like, oh man, I want to do this Google thing, but I can't because Apple's a big bag of jerks. Like the software, it's there, right? The software is pretty much there. I think Google's like sort of in the, this is a little more extreme than what they actually do, but they're in a like, you know, the cobbler's children never have good shoes. It's like, Android is kind of built in Google, and they they don't like not give shoes to Android, but um, <laughs> they really have to win over iOS users. They have to bring their A game because it's friction to to it's not that much friction, but to people that don't even hardly ever install an app, it's like getting someone to put your app on their home screen is a big deal. So they have to bring their A game and make good iOS apps. Now that's actually a really good point, and I don't think i've ever heard anyone look at it that way because <laughs> every time someone says like oh they're getting this on ios first or oh how come that feature that new improvement or whatever goes to ios first and it's like well yeah because people on android they got you <laughs> yeah, well, yeah people on android either they already have you or you know the google one on android is going to be the best whereas on ios it's like well there's a billion options and google is just among them they don't yeah. get priority advertising they don't get priority installations they can't be set as the default app even if you love them to pieces you still have to choose to use them so they have to make it so good yeah that it's and that's worth one of the biggest that. hurdles of all is people set up their email through mail.app and why would they bother like people that are like you want me to what it's like yeah install the google mail app it's better yeah it has to be so much better 
And it is. I, I'd say it's way better. <laughs> I mean, I, iOS mail is not nearly the dumpster fire that OS ten mail is. <laughs> like you can use, you could live on iOS mail. You might not love it, but you could do it. Um, and it, it it doesn't have the like. I'm going to download six thousand four hundred ninety nine messages from your all mail, <laughs> and you're just like, stop it. <laughs> That's not what I asked you to do, OS ten mail. Yeah, I actually uh not that long ago on OS ten I set up the uh the calendar sync just so I could get native calendar reminders. Um <sighs> it it's just important enough to me to make sure that under no circumstances am I ever like late to a meeting, that kind of thing. Cause I'm a remote worker, so it's not like Bill can lean into my office and be like, Hey, you coming to this meeting? Like I need technology to tell me because by the time someone has called me and told me I'm late to a meeting, I'm like really late. So, you know, it's, it's not ideal, but it's fine. I am really curious. Cause I mean, we've already tons of people have unsubscribed by this point, so they're gone. <laughs> so, so anybody who's stuck with us this long, uh, what is your problem with the, the pull down notification shade thing? Cause I haven't gotten to mess with that too awful much. Although I will say it's a little annoying that if you interact with something in any way, like the evidence that you ever received a notification is gone. Whereas on Android, it's like, no, the notification is here because it's a reminder. Whereas iOS seems to be like, oh, no, hey, he acknowledged me. I can go now. Am am I I Um, doing it wrong? What's, What's happening there? So. I like, so there's two pages. It used to be three pages, so they've simplified it, thankfully, because there's this today page, which like pulls calendar events, which is cool, which actually I do keep my calendar turned on with Google and Exchange, even though I don't use the iOS calendar app and I turn off all notifications for them. I want the data to sync so that all the iOS goodness shows me stuff. Okay, I'm glad Um, you said this because... That is what I also want, and I was wondering what I had to do to make that happen. So just go make on. Yeah. yeah, go on. Yeah, turn off badges. You never want to see a red number. You don't want it to pop up anywhere. You just want the sweet pull down to show you your next meeting <laughs> is this. Um, and in my case, I want my watch to pop up. But I, yeah, I'm not using the app. I'm using everything but the app. Um, I like the Today page, and especially because like, on my iPad Pro, it also shows you batteries. I have the god-awful, ugly battery case for my iPhone. <laughs> um, it shows me the case battery and my phone battery, both there. It shows me Apple Pencil battery. Like I love that. Um, you can have some widgets there, which I never use, whatever. Um, some people might find it value, valuable. I think you have, I saw on your home screen you have that work Workflow or whatever that app's called. Oh, w- Workflowy, yeah. Yeah, so you can store workflows in that menu. So if you're in one app, you can swipe down and invoke oh, something no, you want to y- kick off. You're thinking uh, this is a workflowy is like a list app. Oh, I'm thinking of something else then. Yeah. And if this, then that, similar. Um, so that page is okay. I think it's a pretty solid page. I mean, there's probably some things that could be better. It's the list of notifications that is not only not as good as android to put it generously <laughs> it's it's kind of a dumpster fire i actually <laughs> i i've gone through and i don't let any apps store any notifications there now you could get some of what you were missing of like hey even though i went to the app leave the thing in a list somewhere i can find but i don't i don't like this screen i don't like it at all um it's just kind of a giant list there's not it's not always like i feel like 
There's emails I got a week ago sitting there saying I have a notification, even though the app doesn't have a red badge anymore, even though I saw it on my watch and I've like had all these other indications that I'm done with that email. I probably even archived it. And it's sitting up there collecting dust in the attic. And okay, I'm like, so, I'm, Why? so I'm not crazy. It does do that. Stuff just yeah. like hangs out up there forever. Yeah, and I turned that all off. So, I mean, this is part of the like therapy session of like coping. <laughs> like iOS is amazing, and here are all the coping things you're going to need to do. It's like the the poison comes with the sweet sweetness, and it's um, yeah. I turn all that off because I'm just like, nope. And I mean, part of having an Apple Watch is like this is my list. This is where I am told things happened, and so I'm also like, I don't need another bucket. Well, and do you have badges on? Some apps. It's apps have to earn the right to have a badge. <laughs> Which Twitter so, yeah. has gotten fired from badges <laughs> often because the app has been so buggy it'll have a red badge that never goes away or it'll <sighs> it'll be like this new thing you didn't sign up for is now getting you a red badge and I'm like screw you Twitter you're out. Okay, so here is an actually an excellent example of an iOS like hoity-toity oh now that i use ios everywhere um i deleted the twitter native app off of my laptop i deleted the twitter app off of my ipad and you know what i went back to tweetbot (laughs) (laughs) because screw the native app if i can get away with not using it i don't want to and the main thing that i actually want from tweetbot i thought was uh, timeline syncing. You know what? Forget that. Algorithmic future. Take me into your loving arms. You know what I care about more than that is freaking muting. I want to be able to mute stuff. <laughs> I want to be able to mute people. When I have friends that go to conferences, I don't care about. I want to be able to mute that conferences hashtag. Like, oh my god, I have people who I have been, <laughs> I've known for years, and I'm on the verge of unfollowing them on Twitter because I'm like, I don't care about the event you're attending. Please, <laughs> please shut up. And I know I've been on the other side of that, and I I'm, I apologize to anybody who's had to listen to me be at a conference, but like, that's why the app needs to support that kind of muting and even yeah. like the, the, the time-sensitive muting, like mute this for a week or mute this for an hour or whatever, but... Ugh, so are you on TweetBot on Mac too, or do you just use a browser, TweetDeck or something? No, nope. TweetBot across the board. Nice. Yeah, it's 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 pretty good. Uh, the timeline syncing is kind of fuzzy right now across three devices, which again, that's not the, <laughs> the main feature I showed up for, but it'd be nice if it worked. So at least I know when I open the app, like, where am I in my timeline? <laughs> Ooh. Is there anything else? This is this is quite a a dump of feelings and No, I totally have one important thing. Uh okay. that I, I didn't mean to save to the end, but here we are. Um I have a Moto 360 Android Wear watch. And I seriously considered like I may just stop wearing it for as long as I'm using an iOS phone. Um I think there's a pretty good chance I will eventually go back to an Android phone. Um, But who knows? Maybe by the time an Android phone I really love comes out, I'll be like, nah, iOS is fine. I'll stick with this. So I I don't know for sure that I'm going to go back, but I was genuinely concerned that I was now going to have a completely worthless smartwatch. I mean, obviously it was going to become obsoleted eventually, but this felt like 
killing it as opposed to letting yeah. it die of old age. <laughs> and uh, the Android Wear app for iOS is actually really good. I am amazed how many things are being sent to my watch with relative quickness. Now, that being said, almost all of the notifications are totally dead. Like, you can't interact with them. I can't respond to them. I can't do anything with them except for, like, I think Gmail and Google Calendar. Yeah, Google made it work for their stuff, but... yeah. But, Generally speaking. Yeah, but I still, like, if you send me an iMessage, it will eventually go to the watch. Um, it takes a second, but it, it does eventually send it over. Um, it, it, and I just the, sent you an iMessage. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, reasonably fast. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a tiny bit slower than Android, which is why I noticed it. But it's still, it's it's pretty near instant. Um Unfortunately, unlike Android, my phone still makes noise and vibrates, whereas on an Android device, you can tell it, I have my watch on, silence the phone, right? Yeah. So like, some well, That's the- another thing since I got the Apple Watch. My phone, almost the only notifications I still have turned on for apps is badges for the special few. My phone doesn't banner things down unless... Maybe banners. I don't know. It's very restricted because I know my watch is going to tell me stuff. Well, and banners mean you're looking at the phone. Yeah. So banners kind of always make sense because it's like, well, if I'm not looking at the phone, I don't care. And if I'm looking at the phone, yeah. then there it is. And there's some lock screen lock screen ones, too. Um, See, lock screen notifications bug me. And I don't mean on iOS. You can interact I mean with just, some of them, though. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't I don't like the idea of my highly secured encrypted device where people can just pick it up and be like, "Oh, he got a text message." Well, some apps like iMessage you can say not to send the preview, so it just says you got an iMessage and it but that, that tells you nothing, so why even have it? But Yes, exactly. So I, oh, mean, I think it says who it came from, but then it yeah. And it this to me is else. not an iOS limitation. Android handles this in the exact same way. You can have them show up with stuff, show up with an indication, but no useful information or not show up at all. And it's just like, I don't, eh. I mean, I disabled <laughs> this even on my Mac. Like when I see someone wake their, their Mac up from sleep and there's like 50 things oh, yeah. on the side, I'm like, no, on. Oh God, what if you got something personal? Like security completely overridden for no good reason. Yeah. Um, well, and this entire conversation to me is that this is what the watches are for, for me, is that is my lock screen notification because I control when and how it gets viewed, <laughs> yep. um, all of that. And it, I've, that's my favorite thing about the Apple Watch is how it's let me turn my phone down. It's, it buzzes never, it blinks <laughs> and bounces and beeps never, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think i'm gonna buy an apple watch one because it's a lot of money two because it's a lot of money <laughs> like, <laughs> it did get a little cheaper it's only 300 now for the 40 i mean millimeter. if i was all in then i was just like hell yes i'm definitely like, baptize me i am yeah. becoming a member of this church yeah even then i would still have to think about it because i mean i love my my moto 360 but it only cost me like $120. So you know, I'm I, just realizing the the reason 
you can't do what I do, it, which is tell the phone to say nothing and shut up, but to have your watch still beep you because those are married when you're using a non-Apple watch. Yes. Is that true? Yeah. So your phone has to be displaying a notification because that's what tells your watch. I'm pretty sure yes. Okay. Yeah. If, if, yeah. The, fo- if the phone I'm sorry. <laughs> did no alerting of any kind, then the watch would be like, all quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> Nothing's <laughs> happening here. Yeah, because it's using the same way that the Pebble does it. Yeah, and and to me, because of the way I use a smartwatch, the main thing I want out of it is my phone is on my desk. I am away from my desk. I have a meeting in five minutes. My watch says, "Hey, you have a meeting in five minutes." Like that has always been, and from here onward continues to be its primary role in my life. So now the phone will buzz, which is not ideal, but it hasn't removed the watch's ability to serve its primary function for me, right? I know it can do lots of other cool things. I'm not going to be able to track my sleep anymore. There's all sorts of other little, I'm not going to be able to shout text message responses to it. Like those things are now limited, but it's primary role the main reason i wanted to own one has not been inhibited so that i'm pretty positive on and because i'm using google calendar and not the native calendar app those uh notifications are actually a little bit richer um than they would be i mean not on android but i mean then they would be with an iphone because it's uh it's not the native you know calendar or mail or whatever it's it's all the google suite of stuff so Mm -hmm. i'm I'm actually, this is another place I'm pleasantly surprised with how well it's performing. I, I fully expected to, by the end of today, be like, well, this thing is now like my nothing. Like It's now just going to sit in a drawer. But it actually, at least, it, it's at least working well enough that it warrants continuing to try it. Um, we'll see by the end of next week if I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah. This has been like 10 hours, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, yeah. So that is, uh, remarkably, an entire episode about me buying an iPhone. Uh, we're very sorry. We hope you will come <laughs> back next week. <laughs> did we at least say interesting things? I think we did. I think it was a, <laughs> a good conversation. It, it was therapeutic for me to talk about. <laughs> The Stockholm Syndrome. No, I mean, I, I genuinely really like iOS, but I try to be as like fair as possible about like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> you So do you know anyone who has the SE besides me? No. So the, the next time I see you, I will be curious to get your reaction on, on holding this sweet, <laughs> sweet bit of hardware. It'll just make me miss the 5S. Um. Oh, man, it's so nice. You know, one thing I didn't realize, uh, this will be my wrap-up comment, um, this does not appear to have 3D Touch. Nope. And I don't care exactly, like I'm not upset, but I did push really hard on something and then go, (laughs) oh, right, that's one of the things they left out to keep the cost down. Yeah, like, I just I was you know if, if you anthropomorphize your phone, it was probably like, what is this idiot squeezing me so hard for? <laughs> 
All right. Thank you so much for listening to episode 119 of Flipping Tables. You can find the show notes to, uh, well, we're going to have like two links this time. We got the phone comparison tool. <laughs> we got the picture of the T-Mobile box and probably just, uh, you know, the a picture of the royalty checks we get from Apple for this episode. Maybe, and- maybe a few apps. The crystal and one blocker. I'll find some useful stuff. To sure. Put in there. We'll throw some crap in there. You can find our show notes at sunriserobot.net slash flipping tables slash 119 for this episode. And uh, me and David love feedback, and we're both on Twitter, and you can tweet to us. Uh, I'm at pseudo Michael, and David, you are at lions in beta. All right. Uh, you can subscribe to our show while you're looking at our show notes uh, using the either the iTunes or the RSS link. Um, or if you have a podcast app, probably the easiest way is just to search for Flipping Tables, and we should come right up in the search results in pretty much every app I've ever tried. Uh, we're, we're indexed pretty well these days. So Google Play, Pocket Cast, Overcast, those are all great apps for podcast listening. The native podcast app on iOS is okay, too, but you can do better. Um, so definitely subscribe. You'll get new shows automatically. We have a, it's not so new anymore, but it's still awesome. Uh, we have an all shows feed with Sunrise Robot. So if you want to get all of our shows, not just flipping tables, subscribe to that and you'll get bits and pieces and likely story and eclectic book readers and on and on and on. It's, it's a good time. If you want to support us directly, you can head to patreon.com slash sunrise robot and uh, pledge dollars to the network, which helps us keep the lights on and the tape rolling. Uh, we want to give some special thanks to our top Patreon sponsors, Matt Mariner, Sean Byrne, Benji Robinson, Cunningham SE, Carolyn Kraut, Cliff Lyons, Ido Abramovich, and Justin Edwards. We love you all so much. See you next week. You're also like, how many hours in? <laughs> well, yes. Save it for the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go.